0: Good evening everyone and welcome back to another Super Coach Insider podcast. My name is Swiz, here to talk all things Supercoach BBL. We're less than 24 hours out from the start of the season and hopefully you guys are locking in your teams. As always, check us out on all our social media platforms, in particular the YouTube and Spotify and get in contact with us via Twitter, Supercoach Insider 100 or swiz 26. Alright, before we get into talking about my team, a few shout outs, um, well done to the Honeyball boys on their preseason, released some great content. We've got their fixture sitting there. So thank you for the work they've done. Um well done to all the other content creators and experts. There's a great article that's come out today, which includes myself. Thank you to Tim Mitchell, uh there's Harold Sun, Super Coach, and also Code Sports for releasing that. If you haven't already, check that out. Uh we're sitting here in my podcast room, into the cricket spirit, got my Steve War portrait. Dyson Heppel's wearing my cricket top. I've got my Parkfield top on, so yeah, ready to go, pumped up for this team release. Okay, so my team. We'll start off with the wicket keepers. Not a lot has changed there. I've moved Billings into the wicket keeping spot, and McDermott on the bench. Uh, as I talked about in our team discussions the other day with Hobart, McDermott is just a, just should be a lock in most people's teams. 88k for a guy who was the second highest scorer two years ago. Did have a round of over 300. Uh, so you, know, you you're not going to expect that from him again but yeah there's some person uh, theres a player that we can just sit there and hold um, he'll come in handy for some matchups and hopefully, it um, either makes us cash that we can move on to someone else or we just keep for the season and becomes a very handy double game player. Sam Billings will take the gloves for the first couple of games until Pearson comes back from the PM's 11 match. So that gives him a second way of scoring points. Uh, first game he may bat as low as five or six. But after that, we can see him moving up that order to either three or four. Um, when Labashain and Kowaja joined the test team. The batsmen, all my batsmen outside of Colin Munro, have a second string to their bow. Uh, and I prefer that because if a player comes out and makes a dark or a low score, you know they can impact the game in other ways. So Munro there with the triple game, you think he's going to probably get a start or or hopefully turn into a big score in one of those matches. He's uh, three games in the recent T10 series over in the UAE, was brilliant, didn't get dismissed. A uh, higher score of 44, I think it was. But more importantly, his strike rate was 190, which will really help activate that uh, bonus between the uh, balls faced and runs scored. Um, which is the, the your strike rate bonus, and you get a point for every run that you get over the balls that you faced for a batsman that scored over twenty points. So that is uh, very important. So hopefully Munro at the top of the, or up near the top of the order, if he's not opening batting at three, um, will be able to um, turn some of those scores into some very quick um, fights, um, large scores. Uh, next we've got the wicket keepers, which Clark and Harper, who have swapped clubs over the preseason um, or the off season. So Clark now playing at the Renegades. Quinton Cook-cock not there for at least the first match, possibly the first two matches. We'll have the gloves um, and we'll be opening the batting for the Renegades. Sam Harper the same. Uh, his Vic form was very good the other day in the Shield match, so he should be opening the batting at the Stars there. And I've got Gilks on the bench, and we'll get into that reason why in a moment. Uh, Will Sutherland is my third Renegades in that batting lineup. Uh, yeah, he's been... F- improving out of sight. He uh is now the liquid we leading wicket taker in the Marsh Cup. Uh he also averaged I think it was sixty seven or sixty eight um after the first three matches last season. So for a guy who's priced um who had an average last year overall fifty one, um definitely some meat in the bone, especially if he's bowling overs for the Renegades and coming in with that late-order hitting. Uh, Maxwell speaks for himself. If you don't have the big show, you should already. He is currently in 67% of teams, should be in 100%. Should just be locked. Um, he is actually a captain's option as well. Surprised probably more people haven't put him on. We saw what he did against Afghanistan with that double turn. He also made 100 in a T20 international against India. Brilliant player, should just be in every team. We've got then Gilks and Short on the bench. So Darcy Short is that round two option for me. Potentially could play as that second spinner as well getting some oversharing with Matt Short um, depending on how Adelaide decide to line up. Um, so yeah, not only do you have the... Um, he the ability for him to score as an opening bat, and though his form was a bit shaky last year for Hobart, hopefully on the flatter pitches of Adelaide, that will help him, Um, but also the fact that he may have to roll the arm over for a couple overs and potentially pinch in and get a wicket. Then we've got Gilks. So Gilks could potentially become Cooper Connolly. If Cooper Connolly looks like opening the batting, um, it's probably a, a trade that I'll well, it'll be a free trade that I'll make. Um, Gilks plays after Connolly, so a later play in the round gives me that option to move him. Um, and Connolly, who just made a, a big 90 off 40, I think it was about 48 balls, um, in a practice match the other day in Perth. So he's definitely food for thought, and that would give me an extra 31K. Uh, but the I would like to potentially keep Gilks, and I have looked at someone like a Sam's, but it's a little bit more money than I wanted to spend on my bench there. And the reason for that is because they have a round four double and not many people are going to able to have five thunder players in their side, so that's where I'm thinking about getting River leg up by starting a thunder player on the bench who will still be batting in the top three of the order, potentially even taking the gloves in some games, depending on what they want to do with Bancroft. In regard to the bowlers, uh, Nisa looks like he will play that first game. If he doesn't, then I might have a dumb. A rethink of that, but at the moment I've got Nisa and Curran. Um, not only are they fantastic players who are going to bowl, bat, um, you know, as potentially as high as six, um, but they are also very good VC and captain options because of the way they score. Uh, Nisa, in particular, yeah, even if he doesn't play three games, that that rolling break even will adjust to take into account that he only plays two games. But if he does start, I think you've probably got to lock him in. He, if he doesn't, um, yeah, there's potential I drop Karen down and go to a Jai Richardson, but I'm kind of a little bit worried um, just because of the management of Jai um, and it is obviously a lot of money to spend for one player when I can sort of um, spread that cash over two Big premiums there. Uh, the other thing is Tom Curran, I do want to have because Sean Abbott has been carrying a little eagle. Um, condolences to the Deutsches family, so they've had a death in the family. Um, So there's potential that Ben Delicious doesn't play that first match, which does uh, make uh, Tom Curran's uh, role with the ball even more important with the fact that they've already got Hayden Kerr out. Uh, We talked a little bit about that with the Sydney Sixers uh, team review in regards to Kerr being out and where Curran could bat. So um, I'm a big fan of him. And the whole plan with these two players, depending if it is Go up to Segura Richardson or even swap over to an Aaron Hardy, who I have had in for a lot of this preseason. Uh, just questions that will he uh, bowl as much as he was going to because Matt Kelly looks like he's going to be fit. Um, so I do have a few questions about that. I do don't mind Berendorf as well, but uh, he will come in at 11, so he won't get those batting bonuses. But it, be it any of those guys, um, they do unlock getting in Matt Short next week. And that's the most important thing for me. And we'll get into that in a bit of a moment. Excuse me. And then we've got the Renegades bowlers. So I did look at Kane Richardson. Had him for a while until he got that glute injury. Still think he probably plays, but a little worried about taking an injured player like him with a double. Uh, so Zampa and Mujib. Uh, Zampa's World Cup was a brilliant leading uh, wicket taker of all time in the World Cup. So definitely an option uh, that I think we should be all considering there. I, was, I see a few people sort of hedging their bets with either Zampa or Mujut, Um, Picking both of them just means that I think one will get off the chain and one won't, so at least I've got the one that will get off the chain and score really well. Um, I don't want to kind of be guessing that. Harris-Ralph, the guy bowls 150K Thunderbolts. The only issue is, though he's just been cleared from Pakistan and there's a chance that he potentially might not get picked for that first game because he's only landed in the country as of today, I, I still, if he is picked, I definitely want to start him. Um, there is uh, his contract is only for the first five games, so that doesn't include round five. So he will be missing. But the, for a guy who can, um, you know, dismantle international batsmen, um, if he gets the opportunity to bowl at the death against some tail ends, he could really pick up some massive scores. So that's a player I want in. Uh, then we've got Ben Maniti from the Adelaide Strikers. He is the likely main spin option there at Adelaide. There is a chance that they go in another direction, maybe a boy, will just play short and and uh, and short as the two spinners. But I um I, at the moment I'm backing Manetti to be that player, low break even and could be a very good player for the double in round two. He has uh you know it, I think though he hasn't you know set the world on fire in previous years. Uh, quite a few of his scores are bigger than that break even of 24. Of his Tanavir Sanger coming back from that back strain from last season did play in the international series in india uh, and at 83k uh, looks a very good cash cow for us he's got previous form a couple seasons ago where he did sort of jump up to that 150 160k mark and with the thunder now with that round four match as we've talked about yeah i really want to double there i can see people just at least starting one thunder which seems to be singer and the reason for that, again, is so if you make the three trades from round three to round four, you've at least got four Thunder in the team. I'm kind of looking at a way I can have five Thunder for that week uh, just to sort of give me a leg up. In regards to my trades from round one to round two, the old deal situation will be Nisa goes up to Matt Short, which is roughly 50k, Curran goes down to Payne, which is roughly 40k, um, and two... Offset that, and then I've got Munro probably to like a Wes Agar. So to do that, Munro becomes short, Nisa becomes Agar, and Curran becomes Payne. And that would be my old deal situation, which would give me five strikers, give me the best five um, that I'd probably want from that round. And because of the flexibility that Nisa and Curran have as batsmen and bowlers, uh, there's no problems doing that. Uh, the, the issue you do have, if you have all batsmen in... In your batting lineup or bowlers in your bowling lineup, is you don't have as much flexibility when you're making your trades that week. So you probably kind of want one of those dual position players in either line. So you do have some flexibility when you're trading each week. In regards to VC and captain options, as you can see there, I've got Nisa. If it's not Nisa and he pulls out Munro, the obvious one there. You kind of want a heat player. Some people are starting non-playing um, players. Um, i'm not until i see what happens with my vice captain if he was this needs to come out and play and score really well then i'll consider that and have a look at sort of who's not playing who could potentially play later in the tournament um, or um, potentially look at like a Nikhil, um uh, the 42k um, hobart hurricane and uh, Uh, The unfortunate thing here is I've got this uh, uh, Nikhil Chaudhry um, would be a potential option. Uh, The other ones would be potentially somebody who's playing in the Prime Minister's Eleven game um, that you know is going to come in later on. Um, Potentially maybe like a Mark Skedity if he wasn't to play either of the first couple of matches and you wanted him. Um, It's just a lot of money to keep there for that round one and two that he's not going to play. Um, but if you were able to like make an adjustment, and um, or if your say your bench player scored really well, um, then you could potentially look at him or even a Webster, for example, um, just so that you have them locked in at that point. In regards to the highest own players, so as I said, Maxwell's in 67%. Josh Philippi is the one that I'm fading at the moment. 50%. Has been one of the best batsmen in Supercoach. I think it's kind of you've got to have one of McDermott and Philippi. Um, But, yeah, there I've looked at maybe going Curran down to Philippi and then Nisa up to Richardson, which I don't mind as well. Um, the problem is then, then I've got to kind of hold Philippi, though he doesn't have any buys, which is nice at the same time. Uh, He doesn't have any doubles on the horizon uh, and I need to sort of plan around how I'm going to get Matt Short in. So the the only way I could probably do that, if it was, um, let's just say Karen went down to Phillipy and Nisa went up to Richardson, Nisa, Richardson to Short is easy done, Munro to probably Agar, but then I'm relying on potentially trading someone out that I don't want to trade out just to get David Payne in. Um, The only way I could potentially do that is then moving Gilks to Connolly and then trying to move around maybe a Sanger to get in pain who's already on my bench. But then I'm kind of mucking around my structure. As you can see at the moment, round one there, um, I've got all 11 double, triple players. Round two, hopefully I should have five Adelaide players. Round three, with um, the way it's working out, Ralph will still be here. So I'll have, uh, that's could be as, as many as 10 Stars and Renegades. Round four, we'll have then Five um Thunder, so that's the perfect way to maximize my doubles on field. our third is McDermott at 48%, and then it starts to drop off. Darcy Short then at 40%. Uh fifth is and sixth are two players that I am again fading. stoyness at 38%. I just worried about how high he bats and where how many overs he'll get. Um even if it's maybe the first week, uh, the first game he might bowl a few overs, if key and Webster start coming back in that team, his um, impact with the ball will diminish. Um, so it's somebody I'm happy to take on. He, you know, 116, there is some value there if he does get off the chain and, you know, smashes the ball like we have seen in the past. Um, but, you know, he is that cheap for a reason. Like last year, he did score only the 100 in the games that he played. Uh, the previous season, there was, again, just the 100. Uh, so I'm willing to sort of take a player like that on um, who his uh, form over even, through, I think it's the last three years, he's scored 100 in each season. Uh, Swepson, no guarantee that he even gets picked. Uh, so that's a watch, this space for tomorrow night. Uh, Kuneman seems the more op- likely option, um, and it depends if they want to go, say, maybe a Labashain, roll the arm over in that first game um matt short highly owned in the ninth 35 percent uh so we've talked about that if you don't start him you need to get him in he should be 100 percent for round two but I've got no issue if people want to start him up against the heat. He could have an absolute field day. He's break-even. The worry is it's only 80. We've seen this guy score massive before. So he, you know, you could be looking at him going up in price. But I think all us non-owners will be hoping he goes down. Uh, then you've got Hardy in an 11th spot there at 32%. Probably the biggest ones is the Cox, still in 28%, not playing game one. So need to take him out, but probably have a plan for him. Uh, to bring in for game three, Sam Whiteman at uh, the 16th highest at 26%. Um, looks like he's fallen out a little bit of favor um, with the Scorchers lineup. Uh, they've brought in um, the. They've got Escon, er- 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 I think it is. Evans batted really well the other day as well in the practice match, and Connolly. So they've got a couple options there, and they do have Crawley coming back. So even if Whiteman plays game one, Crawley could be in as early as going at game two or three, and then you just find him out of the out of your side. Uh, Daniel Sams is one that I'll do like at 23%. Um, yeah, in a perfect world, would love to stash him on the bench. I think if you own Sam, Sams for game rounds two and three before he's double, um, that's a big tick for you there. Uh, just looking around, looking a few, Mitch Marsh in 18%, take him out. He is playing in the test series, so I wouldn't worry about that. Josh Brown could be an interesting one, 15% own. Um, really good one to loophole off your bench if you want to um, do that. Um, if he was to open the batting, he made a fantastic 100 the other day in the practice match. Um, so one to sort of look at. I uh, don't know why harry Nielsen's in at 13%, even though he's got his double round two, and I know he's 63K. Um, there's just better wicket keepers to look at there for a double. Hit. The guy's going to bat eight or nine. Uh, Hayden Curzon, in 13% still injured. Hamish McKenzie, not a bad one at 42K if that's the guy you're looking to loophole because um, he potentially could become a spin option throughout the season. Uh, Aga was back bowling, but I know they really do like McKenzie. And Paul Walter probably the last we'll talk about at 12% there. Um, does have the triple game. Uh, they do like him. The, the very big uh, hitting um, overseas English player could um, bowl a few overs. Uh, just it depends. I think his role is gonna change but in each game. I think the first game he's probably gonna bat maybe seven. Um, may not bowl maybe bowl one or two the second game he probably bats a little bit higher and has a bigger impact with the ball and then maybe some of these heat players come back so i think you're going to see different scores from walter at 105k it's not a bad risk because it's only a break even of 102 so uh, definitely manageable over the uh, those three games to at least get your return investment back so Um, Yeah, I I don't mind that as well. So they're sort of the players uh, of those percentages that you should be considering. Uh, Jake Fraser-McGurk's another one I didn't mention. uh, Potentially could open the batting or bat three. Um, If he was to be named in that position, then I am very interested in him as a bench option. Um, But if he um, isn't in that side or batting sort of five or six, then I would be looking at one of these other rookies instead. So, yeah, that's how my team, Always Bowl First, is looking like. And realistically, the only thing is changing is Gilks, Connolly, and potentially Nisa, depending on how his fitness is. And then we will touch base throughout the round and also um, leading into round two. Let us know how you're going. Um, there will be a podcast coming out soon um, rating your teams and we can have a bit more of a chat about that. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk soon. Bye.